Good morning to you. Happy Monday. It is November 7th. It's 7 a.m. And it really is 7 a.m. despite the fact that the sun's out because we ended daylight savings time. And you are listening to Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. As we get started to today, I want to give a shout out to Mrs. Bateman, who I met yesterday, who is a listener and may very well be listening right now. She said, I come out of 630 Mass, and then there's that music, this music right here. I love this music in the morning. It keeps me keeps me going. Anyway, let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and let perpetual light shine upon them, and through the mercy of God may the souls of the faithful departed rest in peace. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We've got a pretty full show for you today. We've got uh, John Martinoni with us for Martinoni Monday, and we're going to be talking with Eileen Piper, who is the vice president of, uh, well, she's a vice president of Focus, and she, lifelong mission, vice president of lifelong mission. We're going to be talking about the upcoming SEEK conference. We're going to be talking about why it's important for you and I, who are not college or university students, why it's important for you and I to engage in our faith and how SEEK can help us with that. We also have some uh, words of reflection today on All Souls, plus our fabulous catequiz um, and more. So, you know, that's that's what we've got coming up for you today. Um, let's go to Mike Roberts for a look at today's weather. Today is the feast day of St. Prosdicimus, first bishop of Padua, St. Achilles, bishop of Alexandria, and St. Willibrod, bishop of Northern Europe. Born in 658 in North Umbria, now Northern England, Willibrod grew up under the influence of the Bishop of York and joined the Benedictines. Between the ages of 20 and 32, he studied at the Abbey in Rommelsigi in Ireland, which at the time was a great center of learning. St. Egbert sent Willibrod and about a dozen other missionaries to an area near the North Sea coast. Twice, Willibrod traveled from there to Rome to get official permission from the Pope to spread the gospel and organize the region within official church structure. And during the second visit, Pope Sergius gave him a pallium and made him bishop. Around the year 700, Willibrod established the Abbey of Echternach and built many churches. However, when Radbod became king, he burned several churches and killed many of the missionaries. When Charles Martel gave him protection, Willibrod was able to resume the Lord's work and the church began to spread across all of northern Europe. After his death, wells located on the routes he had once taken became known as Willibrod wells and their waters were said to have provided many miracles. St. Willibrod, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. Quiz question for you. How long do we celebrate All Souls Day? Do we limit it just to November 2nd? The answer, of course, is no. You actually knew that because we've been praying for the souls all week. In fact, we are still in that octave of All Souls, and we have until tomorrow to gain an indulgence under the normal conditions uh, by praying for the dead in a cemetery. We have to actually go to the cemetery and pray for the dead. 
We've been talking with John Martinoni over the past few weeks about truth, and today I get to one of my favorites. Although, John, if I'm being honest, all of these topics have been my favorite. But I I think recently of the new James Webb Space Telescope and the images it is showing us from the deep reaches of the galaxy and a conversation I had with a friend. When you look through those images, what do you see? And I said, well, I see that there is a creator with infinite wisdom and infinite beauty who made the heavens and the earth. And as you've illustrated for us over the past few weeks, that statement is either true or it's false. Either there is a creator who made the heavens and the earth or there is not. And science can teach us a great deal about objective truth. Absolutely. You know, a lot of people will say and a lot of atheists will argue or agnostics will argue that science is the friend of the atheist. And I say baloney. Science is the friend of the deist, the person who believes in God, because there is so much in science that points to the existence of a creator, the precision of the universe, all the things that have to be in place just so within a very narrow range of values, you know, the speed of light, the physical constants, the laws of thermodynamics, the laws of gravity, all of these things have to be just so in order for life to exist on this earth. We have to be just so close to the sun, but not too close. Our solar system has to be located in just the right part of the galaxy, not too close to the center, but not out in the far reaches of the galaxy. All of these things have to be just right in order for life to exist, and they have to be just right in a true sense. They have to be true. The speed of light is 186,000 miles per second, give or take a few miles here or there. That is true. The Earth revolves around the sun. That is true. The Earth rotates on its axis. That is true. Those are not dependent on people's feelings. You know, there's all these people out there now who are actually believing in a flat earth, which, you know, so many people think, oh, Columbus thought the earth was flat and all that, and thought, though, if they sailed too far, they're going to... Uh, no, humanity has known that the earth was round since the ancient Egyptians, okay? Maybe, maybe some people didn't get the, the memo, but a lot of folks did. But now we've got modern-day flat earthers, and they believe that the earth is flat. And there's absolutely no evidence to suggest it is. And I've got someone, a relative, who told me her son was into all this flat earth stuff. She said, what can I tell him? You know, what kind of science can I... I said, look, just ask him if he knows anything about FM radio. FM radio is a line of sight. You know, I know this because I ran an FM radio station. The antenna, the signal is coming through from the radio station, has to, quote-unquote, see the antenna you have in your car. You know, so that means the far and But what happens is the farther away the car gets from the antenna, the weaker and weaker the signal gets, and finally it disappears. Why? Because the Earth is curved. And eventually the Earth itself, if not hills and, and such, but the Earth itself will block the signal. I tell people, I say, you know, I I told her, I said, tell your son if he's ever taken off in an airport where it was just past dusk, you know, so it's dark on the ground. 
Well, you get up to 30,000 feet, and it's light again. How is that possible? Because the Earth is round. And so there is truth in science. It doesn't matter what any individual believes to be true, feels to be true. Truth, personal belief, personal feelings does nothing to change that truth. John, I don't know how much you follow Eucharistic miracles, but one of my favorite scientific truths is that in some of the Eucharistic miracles where the sacred host, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord, present under the appearance of a piece of bread, but actually our Lord starts to bleed, they examine that with the scientific method and have determined that it's cardiac tissue. Yeah. And, and how do they know that? Well, because they know with microscopes and other scientific methods what cardiac tissue specifically looks like compared to other tissues. And so they can say definitively, what we are seeing under the microscope right now looks exactly like cardiac tissue. And bread under the microscope does not look like cardiac tissue. This whole conversation has made me think of this quote from Werner Heisenberg. The first gulp of the glass of natural sciences will turn you into an atheist, but at the bottom of the glass, God is waiting for you. And as we've been talking about truths these past weeks, I mean, if science can prove something's objectively true, then we've just now dismantled the argument we started with, that there are no objective truths. And your opinion, man, that's just your opinion, and it's good for you if it works for you. So I want to thank you for these past few weeks helping us really dive into this question of what is truth. Enjoyed it very much, Adam. Look forward to more shows in the future. All right. Until then, you're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. We will have more for you after this break. A Prayer to Redeem Lost Time by St. Teresa of Avila. O my God, source of all mercy, I acknowledge your sovereign power. While recalling the wasted years that are past, I believe that you, Lord, can in an instant turn this loss to gain. Miserable as I am, yet I firmly believe that you can do all things. Please restore to me the time lost, giving me your grace, both now and in the future, that I may appear before you in wedding garments. Amen. It's no secret that we are excited for the Focus Seat Conference coming up at the beginning of the new year. And I have to let you in on a little secret that is a secret. I'm still shocked it's November right now, and it's been November. You know, it's no longer the beginning of November. We're into it. Uh, But we're happy to be joined by Eileen Piper, who is the vice president of Lifelong Mission for Focus, to continue talking about this wonderful opportunity we're going to have and how we all can grow in missionary discipleship. So, Eileen, it's so great to have you with us on Roadmap to Heaven today. I'm so happy to be talking with you, Adam. Now, in 2015, you joined Focus. I'm just kind of curious. What's your background? How did you enter in with Focus and get to the point where you're now Vice President of Lifelong Mission? You know, Adam, it's been kind of a long and wandering path, but by God's design, you can see His hand all over it. Um, I did join in 2015. Prior to that, I had been in the corporate sector, and I'd been working in the nonprofit center, and then I'd been working in the governmental sector. And praise God, you know, he brought me to focus, and which has just been the culmination of all of my experience. Um, and I got to meet Curtis, and I got to meet Craig, Curtis, the president, or excuse me, the CEO of our organization and founder. 
and Craig, who's the president, and through a, we met through a mutual friend. And uh, the rest, as they say, is history. And it's been a wonderful, wonderful journey. We've been privileged to have so many great folks from Focus uh, join us on the show so far. And one thing that we keep coming back to is the power of discipleship, whether that was the parent we had on who talked about his daughter going on a retreat and getting involved with Focus and now being a missionary and how that's evangelized their family and energized their family in the faith, or talking with Steve Priest and Aaron Falbo about missionary discipleship, what it is, and how we live that out each and every day. Eileen, I have to tell you, recently I was speaking with someone about focus and about seek and about evangelization and all the efforts we're going through in our local community here. And one thing I am amazed at is the power of that just small circle evangelization. And what I mean by that is not, you know, speaking to tens of thousands, which we're going to love when it happens in St. Louis, but really reaching out to our friends and to our neighbors and that power of invitation, whether it's to a Bible study or whatnot. I'm kind of a pessimist. and I'm like, well, does that really make a difference? And you're about to bring 20,000 college students to St. Louis to say, Adam, here's the difference it makes. Why okay. is that small circle so important as a starting point for evangelization? Well, I always point back to Jesus, because you look at Jesus, and he made the Pharisees very nervous, because there he was on the Sermon on the Mount, and he was speaking to thousands, 5,000 men, so we don't know how many women and children were there. There he was, and he was making them so nervous. But what the Pharisees should have been nervous about was that quiet walk that he had with his 12 apostles, because that's how he built the church, and that's how the apostles built the church. It was through relationship. It was through loving one another so much that, like, we can challenge one another to race toward heaven and sainthood and heck. Isn't that, like, the name of your program? Um, It's really an opportunity where we can just journey together. That's what the saints did, and that's what we do when we are in friendship and in small groups and know what our destination is. Recently, I heard a talk by Father Chris Martin here in St. Louis, and he was bringing up that that often misattributed quote of St. Francis, preach the gospel at all times, if necessary, use words. And he said, you know, St. Francis was an itinerant preacher. He used a lot of words. And that's where I think we get hung up. We like that quote because it's like, oh, good, I don't have to say anything about my faith or anything about Jesus to the people I know, because that can be intimidating. But it's something we can do. And that's one of the things this missionary discipleship track will focus on. So can you give us a preview? Where's a good starting point as we think about evangelizing those around us, the the 12 as they may be in our lives? That's it. And I would say, first of all, for anybody who's any place on their, you know, journey toward faith, whether you're just wondering whether or not there even is a God, or if you're like absolutely convicted and you want to go out and change the world— Seek is a great place for you because you will find your place to get your questions answered. To your point, the Making Missionary Disciples track is for those of us who, quite frankly, were heartbroken. Whether I'm a pastor who has been watching my parishioners depart and everything I'm doing isn't making a a difference in bringing them back. If I'm, um, like for me, watching my niece walk away from the church, um, the Making Missionary Disciples track it's a place where you can—we talked a lot in the Church about living as missionary disciples. I will tell you almost to a man, the priests look at me and they say, Eileen, I am in 100%. How do I do it? How do I do it? And that's what the Making Missionary Disciples track is going to be. 
It's going to be very practical, very hands-on. You're going to go into a small group, so bring your friends so you can all journey after Seek together. But you're going to go into small groups. You're going to be equipped. You're going to learn how to give things like a personal testimony. How do I give a gospel presentation? Because evangelization sounds so dangerous to me. Like, I think about it as, like, are you... Am I being asked to go out on a street corner and preach from a street corner? No. It is in relationship with people that you already know and love, and we're going to equip you with things that you can just naturally carry into your relationship with that other individual. I love it. You know, just the other day, I I called my parents up, and I reached a moment in parenting that I said, I can't believe I'm here, and Mom and Dad, I just got to call and tell you about this and then uh, share the insights and the joy of what happened with your grandson. And it was one of those things. I, I didn't hesitate to do that. But if one of my kids did something or, or if our Lord did something in my life and I said, well, I don't know that I'm going to call mom and dad about that. That's a missed opportunity right there. And that's mm-hmm. I, if I'm understanding you correctly, that's kind of what we're talking about is really just sharing with those around us. Uh, here's how the Lord's working in my life right now. That's right, Adam. And we do it through friendship. And it was, you know, it's so simple, um, and it sounds, you know, so I would never served as a missionary on campus. I joined Focus, like I said, from kind of this career journey. Um, and so I've been equipped, and I've been learning how to live missionary discipleship. Um, and my personal testimony, like, it's in my hip pocket. So a couple of months ago, I was out having beers with an old friend, and we were hanging out, and he looked at me and said, you know, Eileen, you've always been so good. Like you've always been like really faithful and stuck with the church. And that was my moment because I know my testimony. I know what my story is in relationship, Adam, in friendship. I was like, Rob, actually, that's not the truth. And I could share and I could talk about how God worked in my life. And it was a very natural entree then for me to be able to step into a conversation with Rob about what was going on with him and his family. They're just, they're these simple things that, again, it's, we don't have to, this isn't us, you know, banging down the doors and, and challenging strangers. It's just us with great love talking about exactly like you said, this is how God's worked in my life. It's been, and I'm, I'm so delighted and I'm so blessed. I used to joke around at the beginning of Roadmap to Heaven. My friend would listen, and he'd always text me, Adam, really, really, question mark, to the point that I said, oh, Didymus is writing into the show today. So <laughs> so for all for all of the Didymuses out there right now listening, Eileen, you've seen the fruit of this in parishes, and I wonder if you have a story you could share about how you know living out this missionary discipleship track and, and the things that you're equipping people with has impacted you know even a, a parish as a community. Isn't that, oh, it's so glorious. Um, And SEEK is, like I said, it's a place where you can really come no matter where you are in your faith journey. So we've got um, one parish that has attended at least two SEEKs. I think this will be their third in-person SEEK. Um, And Father, like, loads up a bus, and he brings several dozen parishioners, and it's a moment of refreshment It's a moment where every single one of them is able to refocus on, like, the beauty and the glory of Jesus Christ, and then they're getting equipped, and then they as a group go back into their parish, and they challenge one another and walk together on how it doesn't stay with me. It's not a mountaintop moment that we come to seek, but instead I can continue to journey. And that, Adam, is kind of one element that I would would say, because seek 
it is a conference, but it's not limited to one week. Seek really is a season. So you're going to be able to bring um, any of your parishioners, any of your friends in where you can participate in Seek. Shortly after that, Dr. Edward Sree and Curtis Martin, the founder of Focus, are going to be taking you on a, a Bible study. And you can tune in if you want. It's going to be recorded, but it's also going to be live so people can ask questions. But they're going to be taking you through the Salvation History Bible Study. Through that, you can bring your friends in and you can start practicing, you know, how do we, we, you'll have study questions. And so you can have like just practicing, how do we have a small group that's a meaning, you know, that really facilitates a meaningful conversations. The beauty of it too, it's going to go right over Lent and it will end just before Easter. And at the end of that series, they're also going to invite you. Do you want to go even deeper now on mission? Do you want to live as a missionary disciple? And then you can say yes or you can say no. But but what we've seen in parishes are people saying yes and embracing it. And like Paola um, has carried it. She's like launched four different small groups. And here's the thing, Adam, like small groups are glorious. And it's a way that every single one of us can get personally fed. But with Paola... She's taken it, and they've replicated, and that's the thing. Like, that's how we start spreading the flame of, you know, the love of Christ. It starts the size of a mustard seed, and it's really a beautiful thing. Well, Eileen, here's a really important question, because I know there are a lot of folks in the St. Louis area that are thinking, you know, I I could drive. It it may be 20 minutes. It may be half an hour. It may be an hour. It may be two hours. I guarantee you it's worth it if you're in driving distance, even if you just get that day pass and come for a day. But they might be saying, well, you know, I've got got my baby, and is it all right if I bring my baby? And what about, you know, families? I've got got teenage kids in the house, and I don't really want to leave them home, but am I I allowed to bring them? So what's the scoop on seek and, and can families attend? Oh, I bring my family. I've brought my family for the last four years. Well, you know, excluding COVID, the last four years. Um, Seek is really like designed to be able to journey together, and we want parents to be there. So first of all, we have babysitting, and we supplement or, you know, we, we offset the cost so that it's very affordable. You can bring your kids um, the littles, if it's a nursing babe in arms, you can take that baby with you or in any of the talks. Those babies are so welcome and beloved, quite frankly. All of us get all enamored when we see the babies coming in. But if you've got a toddler and you know that little one is just going to be distracting you and you're not going to be able to attend to the talks, um, as long as your baby is 18 months up to, it's either 10 or 12, um, We've got babysitting, and so they'll be right on site, and it's a professional firm that oversees them. Um, I think we're working toward bringing the catechesis of the Good Shepherd in to be able to work with those kiddos, so they're getting their own experiences. You're getting your, you know, fed as well. Um, And then I've taken my kids into, like, from 13 years old on, I've taken them into the conversations and the presentations they get something out of it, every single one of them. And then it gives us great conversation afterwards as a family and just continues to help us to talk about like how we live and who we are together as a family and how we want to live together. I'm going to close this out with this, Eileen. I am about to turn 40, and I think every guy my age at some point watched the movie Top Gun. And every time we talk about Seek 
on our radio program here. All I can think of is that line that Tom Skerritt has, the elite best of the best. I mean, that's really going to be who's there, whether it's Curtis Martin, whether it's Dr. Shree, whether it's, uh, I mean, Jason Everett's going to be there, Matt Frad's going to be there, Emily Wilson's going to be there, Sister Bethany Madonna, the list goes on and on. I, I couldn't, I can't even remember all the great names that are going to be there. That's how many there are, plus Ben Rector's providing entertainment. So for more information, if you haven't signed up yet, go to seek.focus.org. What are you waiting for? We're going to be there. Covenant Network on Mission Way. Come see us play the fabulous Cata Quiz. Maybe you'll even be on the radio with us. Who knows? But we'd love to see you there. And Eileen, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Um, You know what? Let's close out with the glory be together because this has been a wonderful time. So in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be world without end. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Eileen Piper, thank you so much for being with us. Again, that website is seek.focus.org, or you can find Focus on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Focus Catholic. We're going to take a break here on Roadmap to Heaven. Stay tuned. Consecration to Mary. My Queen and my Mother, I give myself entirely to you, and to show my devotion to you, I consecrate to you this day my eyes my ears, my mouth, my heart, my whole being without reserve. Wherefore, good mother, as I am your own, keep me, guard me, as your property and possession. Amen. It is no surprise that in the month of November we talk about praying for the dead. And, Patty, I understand this week on the Daily Dose of Encouragement, we are going to be focusing on our beloved dead. Yes, I want us to think about remembering our beloved dead. And just to start off, just remember that one of the corporal works of mercy is to bury the dead. And so I want to encourage everyone to go to funeral masses. I think in our culture, very often people are going less and less to the mass. They think if they go to the wake, you know, the night before, well, then I'm, I'm good. But really, we need to go to those masses in support of the family, but also to pray for the souls of those that have gone before us. So I, I would encourage people to do that as well as have masses said for your relatives. You know, my mom recently, she lost three siblings within the past two years. And so just at Christmas, I didn't know what to get her for Christmas last year. And I remember thinking, what can I give her that will mean the most to her? And it was, I'm going to give her masses said for her siblings. So I just went up to her parish and had the masses said for them there so that my mom could attend those masses and feel connected to her siblings again. So it's just a little suggestion that I make. The other thing I want to say is that there are so many beautiful prayers for the beloved dead. And my go-to is that Laudate app. And here was a prayer that I thought was beautiful. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Pray with me. Saints of God, come to his or her aid. Come Come to meet him, angels of the Lord. Receive his soul and present him to God the Most High. May Christ who called you take you to himself. May angels lead you to Abraham's side. Receive his soul and present him to God the Most High. Give him eternal rest, O Lord, and may your light shine upon him forever. Receive his soul and present him to God the Most High. And let us pray. We commend our brother or our sister to you, Lord. Now that he or she has passed from this life, may he live on in your presence in your mercy and love. Forgive whatever sins he may have committed through human weakness. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. 
Well, Patty, that is a beautiful way to start the week in prayer, and I look forward to talking about other ways we can remember our beloved dead this week. As we wrap up today, I do have a prayer request for you. Tomorrow, the midterm elections will be held throughout the United States of America. And I would just ask you to pray for our country, pray for your fellow citizens, pray for everyone, Uh, pray for charity, especially look at your own self and with charity. We were talking about this last week on the Roadmap Roundup, and it's one of those things I have to remind myself that just because there are those in life with whom I disagree does not give me license to treat them without respect, to treat them without dignity, to treat them without charity. It does not mean that I have to condone. It does not mean that I have to put aside my faith and say, well, I'll just put that aside and and go with what you want to go with. But it does mean that I have to treat them with respect and with charity. And it can be a difficult thing to do sometimes. And I know right now in our country, it gets very heated. It gets, um, people are very passionate So I would just ask you to pray. Pray for our nation, pray for one another, and uh, pray that we may all treat each other with the dignity and respect that we were created by God with. So that's number one. Uh, Number two, tomorrow is the last day that you can gain that indulgence for visiting a cemetery and praying for the dead, which we've talked about today. So uh, you do need to be in a state of grace when you do the indulge, uh, the, the work of indulgence. So if you need to go to confession beforehand, please do so. And as I started to say last week, don't get hung up on, well, am I going to get the plenary indulgence or am I only going to get a partial indulgence? Because, well, you know what? I was eating a bag of cookies the other day, and as bad as that is, and it wasn't completely full when I started, but I didn't let that stop me from eating a bag of cookies. And that's something as trivial and inconsequential as cookies. Why would we say that about God's grace that, well, because I can't get the full measure, I I don't even want to get a partial measure. No, do the good work. Do the good work. We all should do that. Let's pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Our Lady, Queen of all saints, pray for us. Saint Joseph, terror of demons, Pray for us in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It has been so good to be with you on Roadmap to Heaven this morning. Tomorrow, we're going to be talking with Father Jeffrey Kirby about a feast that's coming up later this month, the Presentation of Mary. And, well, you won't want to miss that. It's it's going to be a good day here on Roadmap to Heaven. Until then, for Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Thanks for listening. Pray your rosary today.